0: When an organization's thriving, you most certainly will find the flow of ideas up, down, side to side.
1: That's today's episode guest, Christy Beam. We'll be exploring how to keep your company open to new ideas and why it's critical. Welcome to Brain Chatter. Join us as we explore real-life examples of leaders who listen past the daily noise, lead themselves and others with clarity, and make an effective difference on the front lines of leadership and life and work. I'm your host, Derek Brown. I think that we would be very hard-pressed to find someone who is an executive, a manager, or supervisor who says to the people who work in that organization, please keep your new ideas to yourself. We do not want to hear them. And yet, without saying those words, some managers and organizations do exactly that, very much to their own detriment. Every organization that wants to be as competitive as possible needs new ideas, and they need to be able to leverage the diversity of thought that exists in their organization, where every single person in that organization, no matter what their title or where they are in the organizational chart, that every person has seen life from a different angle, has different past work experience, has a brain that processes things in different ways, and as a result, has ideas, and has ideas that are unique from everyone else in that organization. So that organization needs to do a good job of receiving new ideas from everyone and acting on them in a smart and efficient way. Not ensuring that new idea flow is a wide open door with a huge welcome mat put there by the leadership of the organization has been the downfall of countless organizations over time. And... And yet, the opposite of that, having that big door and that big welcome mat has been the salvation of many others. You can think of examples, and I can think of some. One that comes to mind for me is a local successful dumpster company that started out as a home coal delivery company many decades ago when many people had coal-burning heaters in their homes. As times changed and people replaced those coal furnaces, with electric or gas or other types of heating and cooling devices in their homes, the company pivoted, and it pivoted successfully because someone had an idea and the company acted on it. But other organizations were unable to generate good ideas and act on them in proper amounts of time for their own survival. So as an example, perhaps sometime you're driving home you may be thinking about what you're going to watch next on Hulu or Netflix or Disney Plus when you get home. But on that very same drive, when was the last time you saw a movie gallery or a blockbuster video? One old adage certainly comes to mind, and that is the only constant is change itself. So certainly having an organizational culture where it is encouraged to openly share ideas by everyone is obviously a good idea. But it's much easier said than done, and it boils down to organizational culture and leadership that actively demonstrates through actions, and not just words, that new ideas are welcome no matter what your title is, no matter how long you've been with the organization, no matter how old you are, even no matter whether or not your past ideas have been ones that have been employed by the organization before. Christy will talk more about how to guide a culture to become more open for ideas, but briefly, let me tell you about Christy. Christy has been a management consultant for 20 years, and in that time, she has worked in more than 95 organizations, including manufacturing facilities, power generation plants, banks, colleges, and others, and in addition to consulting – she previously operated her own language school and taught in Taiwan, Hong Kong, and the U.S. So, Christy has seen work from a lot of different angles, and as a result of seeing so many organizations, both healthy organizations and organizations that needed help, Christy has some unique perspectives to share. She'll also reference some resources. Those can be found online at brainchatterpodcast.com along with a link to her LinkedIn and more information about her. Contrast for me how the flow of ideas work in organizations where people work poorly together or work really well together.
0: The place to begin is to define what common traits teams who work well together have. One of the most important traits of teams who work well together is connection. Now, that doesn't mean that they're all best friends who hang out together after work. Connected simply means I've made it my business to know you and to value you. To know you does not mean I need to know all your personal information. I need to know enough about you to understand you. And to value you means I respect what you bring to the table. There's a reason you're on the team. You have knowledge, skill sets, and experiences which add value, Therefore, I make it my business to observe and value your talents, your skill set, and your strengths.
1: That makes a lot of sense. And while we're talking about connection being such an important trait for teams to have, is there another trait that comes to mind that you would also emphasize?
0: Another important trait of teams who work well together is candor and feedback. Uh, There's a book I read recently titled Radical Candor by Kim Scott, and it's a great resource for teams who struggle with providing candid feedback to each other. Scott explains the differences between ruinous empathy, manipulative empathy, obnoxious aggression, and radical candor. She makes the point that caring personally and challenging directly create radical candor. So teams who work well with each other, they typically are connected, they value what each other brings to the table, and they're willing to provide and receive candid feedback. In these teams, the flow of ideas is like a river. People not only invite others to actively share ideas, they expect it.
1: Okay, let's flip that. Illustrate the flow of ideas in teams where people do not work well together.
0: Well, of course, we could spend all day talking about traits of a team who does not work well together because that that list is limitless.
1: And unfortunately, most people have experienced working with that type of team at some point in their work life.
0: Well, what we do know, going back to my river analogy, is that the flow of ideas in a team who does not work well together is like a trickling stream full of beaver dams, fallen logs, other debris the distrust, the paranoia, and the fear of ridicule, that ensures that team members will not share their ideas or even actively participate in the conversation. In teams who do not work well together, someone asks the question, well, what do you think? And all you hear are the proverbial crickets.
1: Well, that's a great analogy. So humor me and explain when we think of an organization's org chart, Why is the flow of ideas from bottom to top or side to side or top to bottom even important to an organization?
0: That's a great question. Uh, It speaks to a common mistake that organizations make, and that mistake is buying into the fallacy that all good ideas come from the top. The most effective organizations create a culture where all ideas are welcome. They work hard to demonstrate through behaviors that all people have the same opportunity to add value.
1: Okay. So can you give some examples of that sort of behavior?
0: One example is to create a focus group or a task force to discuss specific topics. Um, One of my clients recently had a millennial, Gen Y, and Gen Z task force discuss how particular products could reach younger customers but they took it a step further. While they already had this focus group slash task force um, identified, they asked them to also discuss how better to engage team members from those generations in their particular workplace. And another example is a client of mine in the past couple of months created um, what they call a breakfast focus group. Um, Team members can sign up Uh, They cap it at about um, eight or 10 people uh, each month. And the team members can sign up to have breakfast with a member of management to discuss state of the business, uh, personal goals, uh, ideas. And these meetings occur monthly and participants can even email the facilitator specific questions that they wish to discuss at that meeting. And then finally, Uh, An example of how you can actively engage the flow of ideas is purposefully asking a younger team member or a newest team member to share their thoughts. Some people truly need permission to speak. So when a member of management or, or a more tenured employee directly asks the question, what do you think about this? It sets the expectation that every team member is not just invited to participate, but they're expected to participate.
1: Well, I I have myself been surprised before when I've witnessed an organization that had no obvious path to solicit feedback. It's usually because something was wrong and I wanted to provide that feedback. My initial thought was this is pretty arrogant, but, and well, and I still think that, but that, while that remains true, it's also very dangerous to the organization's future to not have a way to receive feedback easily, especially when it's related to something that's going wrong. Um, Do you agree with that?
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think it's quite simply that people shy away from getting feedback that they expect to be uncomfortable. The good news is human behavior can change. So once we experience open, candid conversations around process improvement or even behaviors and we live through them, then they get easier with time. We begin to experience how good it feels to be constantly improving. You know, when an organization's thriving, you most certainly will find the flow of ideas up, down, side to side. Um, And, of course, if team members are comfortable and morale is high, then they will contribute. They'll share ideas, and they'll be candid with each other.
1: So can you share an example that maybe comes to mind of a team where that you've witnessed before who successfully created a culture where ideas were were propelling the company forward?
0: Yes, uh, a recent uh, example in fact, uh, one of my clients um does very well in creating culture where all ideas are welcome and they told me recently, you know, due to the COVID-19 situation that we all find ourselves navigating that their organization would never go back. And I found that curious, so I, I asked him to you know, expound upon that. And he, he was referring to the numerous learnings that their organization has found already. The whole organization has been in constant communication about lessons learned in the current situation. And how that's going to propel them forward is they have five locations in four different states. Eighty percent of their workforce is now working from home. Prior to the coronavirus situation, only 12% of their workforce worked from home, and he and his team were concerned with productivity, team cohesion, meeting customer needs, all the things most of us are worried about during this time. However, he's been astounded by the work product, the focus in the Zoom meetings, and the increased support between team members. And... His organization is actually considering reducing their physical workspace and potentially recreating a 60% home office workforce when when we do uh, go back to, to work, if you will. And to me, when leaders ask what if and they allow full participation from team members, things change. They grow. They evolve not just into something better, but perhaps something not even imagined,
1: well, what about some common idea flow barriers that you've seen in different organizations over the years i'm I'm assuming you've witnessed various barriers of every flavor, from bad to worse. Can you think of some uh, examples of that?
0: Well, a common barrier is an overt or covert message that you must earn your place at the table. Hmm. That translates to, just do what I tell you, or I've been here 20 years, I don't need you telling me how to do my job, or even as bad as, when I want your opinion, I'll ask for it. Unfortunately, this is not only a way to ensure the team cannot benefit from what each person brings to the team, it will tap down morale immediately. And another barrier to the flow of ideas is excluding individuals from the conversation. And I believe this is often unintentional. Individuals, teams, and organizations, they're moving faster and processing more information in a given week than their predecessors a century ago, you know, processed in a whole year. And this necessitates organizations being intentional, about inviting everyone to the conversation.
1: So something can change the dynamic. What are some of the methods for ensuring that a company's culture encourages an open flow of ideas and, and can do so without penalty as to who has the idea, who shares the idea, and even as to whether some of the ideas are good ideas or not, if it at least gets people to open up and start sharing?
0: Well, some methods that I've seen over the years which have been helpful are quite simple. Uh, Create committees or cross-functional teams. Share the responsibility when possible. When a member of management can delegate a project, a team function, a, a company event to a committee, they should do so. Allow others to contribute to the whole. These smaller Groupings um, allow team members to practice brainstorming, disagreeing, prioritizing, you know, et cetera. It also sends a clear message to everyone that we're in this together.
1: So, would you say that the that idea flow is, in fact, also one of a number of barometers of whether an organization's overall culture is healthy? And does that matter?
0: Absolutely. Um, Healthy cultures are defined by the degree to which each team member, from the highest box on the org chart to the lowest box on the org chart, feel comfortable expressing their ideas and actively participating in discussions. You know, when things are quiet, effective leaders ask, why? Why is it quiet? Why are we not hearing from everyone?
1: That makes a lot of sense. What about a situation where the overall culture seems to be pretty healthy, but one person or one department is so hard to work with that either ideas stop with them, like a dam in the river that you mentioned, or people in the organization just start to actively work around them, bypassing them to get things done or to get ideas through? Have you encountered that and how do you approach a situation like that where the problem is isolated but still so damaging?
0: Oh, the bad apple, the disruptive team member, the workaround, those are all more common than any of us would like. However, it is imperative the supervisor or manager deal with this individual or department as quickly as possible. You know, the old adage, one apple can spoil the whole basket is applicable. Strong morale is an essential trait of a high-performance team. You know, there was a book um, several years ago that most people are probably familiar with. It was titled uh, Fish, and the Pike Place Fish Market in Seattle was used as a case study, if you will. And it was a great example of how morale and attitude look and contribute to a successful workplace. Every team member is expected to add value and to enhance the morale of the team. It's not, it's not enough to just do your job. You want individuals to come in and do their job, but also contribute to a healthy morale on the team. And the reality should be, in a healthy organization, if you contribute to the healthy culture, then you get to stay on the team. But if you damage the healthy culture, then you may have the opportunity to go find a new team somewhere else. The flow of ideas is continuous and unobstructed. When each team member feels each person is expected to add value and all team members are allowed to share ideas, thoughts, solutions, then morale is higher.
1: If a new manager, and let's say, this new manager is someone who recognizes the importance of free idea flow and they're well-intentioned. They want to do everything in their power to facilitate free idea flow. If this person, this new manager comes to you and asks you for advice on how to best do this, uh, how would you advise them?
0: I would tell them it starts with them. Their behavior sets the stage in meetings, ask individual for you know for their thoughts for their ideas for their opinions and asking's not enough after you ask listen listen to what they have to offer
1: great advice have we missed anything on this topic of how to keep your company open to new ideas any closing thoughts on the topic
0: i would encourage all who are listening to this to go back to your team the entire team, and ask that same question, what are we missing? But after you ask, listen.
1: Thank you for your time, Christy. To read more about Christy, to access a direct link to connect with her on LinkedIn, and to see links to the resources mentioned in today's podcast, go to brainchatterpodcast.com. Brain Chatter Podcast is a production of Ken Chapman and Associates, Inc. At KCNA, we assist clients across North America and from Australia to the Middle East with leadership development, corporate culture transformation initiatives, behavior-based professional development for health and safety issues, individual and team assessments, conflict and performance management, succession planning, and team building, making a difference in organizations and individuals' lives for almost 40 years.
0: Learn more at leaderscode.com.